1: Eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. Well, I know what all the news is out there. Uh, the outrageous attack on General Kelly by the nutjob congresswoman with the cowboy hat. Now she's accusing him of racism. Let me tell you something, lady. You're the racist. And that knee-jerk reaction isn't going to fly with a lot of people anymore, of any race the default position of the left, football players, uh, uh, moronic members of Congress with stupid hats. No, no, no. You engaged in a fight, you got kicked all over the mat, and you're a disgrace. So that stuff may fly in your party. It doesn't fly with the rest of the nation, I can tell you that. And that's not where I'm going to go tonight. It's time we take a very close look at this fellow Robert Mueller. And as many of you know, I've been very, very disturbed by his tactics in dealing with Paul Manafort, a man I don't believe I've ever met. I know almost nothing about except what I read about in the news. He's been around forever as a Washington lobbyist and activist and so forth and so on. Mueller's tactics, 6 in the morning essentially breaking into his condominium, 1,600-square-foot condominium. FBI had their guns drawn on a man and woman. A husband and wife were in bed. Can you imagine that? They were there for 10 hours. They went through their clothing. They went through everything. They seized their computers. 10 hours in a 1,600-square-foot space. You would think he was a mass murder. You would think he was uh, with the drug cartels in Mexico. Uh, You would think he had uh, violated the Espionage Act on serial occasions. You would think all these things. Maybe he sold out the country on uranium. No, 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 no. And then the leaks out of Mr. Mueller's operation. The endless leaks about how they're going to indict him. The endless leaks about how they went after one of his former lawyers. Went after his son-in-law. Went after his publicist. I mean, this is... Unusual stuff. It's unusual, and yet Robert Mueller, uh, we're supposed to believe he's, you know, he's Johnny Quest or uh, Mister Nice Guy next door. He's not. He's a slime ball. That's right, I said it. He's a slime ball. On WGBH, one of the government-run stations, I think. A fellow by the name of Harvey Silvergate wrote a piece. Harvey Silvergate. And let me get to the gist of it. He says, I've known Robert Mueller during key moments of his career as a federal prosecutor. And my experience has taught me to approach whatever he does in the Trump inv- investigation with a requisite degree of skepticism, or at a very least extreme caution. When Mueller was the acting United States attorney in Boston, I was defense counsel in a federal criminal case. Which a rather odd fellow contacted me to tell me that he had information that could assist my client. He asked to see me and I agreed to meet him. He walked into my office wearing a striking flowing white gauze-like shirt and sat down across from me at the conference table. He was prepared, he said, to give me an affidavit to the effect that certain real estate owned by my client was purchased with lawful currency rather than as Mueller's office was claiming, the proceeds of illegal drug activities. My secretary typed up the affidavit that the witness was going to sign. Just as he picked up the pen, he looked at me and said something like, quote, you know, all of this is actually false, but your client is an old friend of mine and I want to help, unquote. As I threw the putative witness out of my office, I noticed under the flowing white shirt a lump on his back. He was obviously wired and recording every word between us. Years later I ran into Mueller and I told him of my disappointment in being the target of a sting where there was no reason to think that I would knowingly present perjured evidence to a court. Mueller half apologetically told me that he never really thought I would suborn perjury but that he had a duty to pursue the lead given to him. That lead, of course, was provided by a fellow that we lawyers among ourselves would indelicately refer to as a scumbag. The experience made me realize that Mueller was capable of believing, at least preliminarily, any tale of criminal wrongdoing and acting upon it, despite the palpable bad character and obviously questionable motivations of his informants and witnesses. Years later, my witness my wariness toward Mueller was bolstered in an even more revelatory way. When he led the criminal division of the U.S. Department of Justice, I arranged in December 1990 to meet with him in Washington. I was then lead defense counsel for Dr. Jeffrey McDonald, who'd been convicted in federal court in North Carolina, you may remember this case, in 1979 of murdering his wife and two young children while stationed at Fort Bragg. Years after the trial, McDonald hired me and my colleagues to represent him and obtain a new trial based on newly discovered evidence that demonstrated McDonald had been framed in part by the connivance of military investigators and FBI agents. Now, it doesn't matter if you believe this guy or not. That's not the point. He goes on. Over the years, McDonald had his various lawyers and investigators had collected a large trove of such evidence. The day of the meeting, I walked into the Department of Justice conference room where around the table sat a phalanx of FBI agents. My three colleagues join me Muller walked into the room went to the head of the table and opened the meeting with this admonition reconstructed from my uh, 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 vivid and chilling memory quote gentlemen criticism of the bureau is a non-starter criticism of the bureau is a non-starter special call Muller's background indicates zealousness that was might that that we might expect in the grand inquisitor not the choir boy The history of special counsels, he said, whether called independent counsels, special prosecutors in the past, is checkered in trouble. Then he goes on, <clears throat> and of course he talks about the Scooter Libby case, among others. And Libby very quickly got his law license back after uh, what was done to him. You might recall in the phony Valerie Plame case, with a person who had actually talked to then Bob Novak, a columnist, an old friend of mine was in fact Richard Armitage, the Deputy Secretary of State, serving under uh, Colin Powell, but Colin Powell and Armitage never came for it, and Scooter Libby really was put through the, uh, through the vice. And there are other examples. But he says, Mueller's demonstrated zeal and ample resources virtually assure that indictments will come, even in the absence of actual crimes, rather than behavior that is simply politics as usual. If Mueller claims that Trump or members of his entourage committed crimes, it doesn't mean that that it's necessarily so. We should take Mueller and his prosecutorial team with a grain of salt. But a grain of salt seems an outmoded concept in an age when both sides, Trump and his critics, seem impervious to uh, inconvenient facts. Now, he is a criminal defense and First Amendment lawyer. He's a writer for WGBH. Uh, he's practiced law in uh, in uh, Boston for some time. He's author of several books. But what I thought was particularly compelling was when Mueller was trying to take him down in a setup, has this guy wired, and he's the lawyer uh, for an individual who's dealing with Mueller and the prosecutors and He's trying to take out the guy's lawyer. But here's another one. It just so happens. Within 24 hours, the Fox News uh, channel, foxnews.com, and uh, this is a piece by Christopher, uh, by, by Alex Pappas and Christopher Wallace. Special Counsel Robert Mueller and his team running the Russia collusion probe are being accused by fellow attorneys of employing aggressive and questionable tactics in past cases, potentially putting a dent in his straight shooter image. As the investigation heats up and key players like former White House Chief of Staff French Priebus and Press Secretary Sean Spicer are interviewed by investigators, several attorneys with experience in federal cases spoke out with their concerns this week. You heard about Harvey Silvergate. I just mentioned him. Sidney Powell, a former federal prosecutor, also took aim at Andrew Weissman, the prosecutor tapped by Mueller to help lead the investigation. In a piece this week titled, Judging by Mueller's Staffing Choices, He May Not Be Very Interested in Justice. And I have that piece right here from the Hill newspaper. It says, much has been written about the prosecutorial prowess of Robert Mueller's team assembled to investigate allegations of Russia's involvement in the Trump campaign. Little has been said of the danger of prosecutorial overreach in the true history, the true history of Mueller's lead prosecutor. So now we have Mueller... Now we have Mueller, who's picked this lead prosecutor. All right, Mueller was supposed to have been a search in in a search for Russia's cyberspace intrusions into our electoral politics. It has morphed into a malevolent mission targeting friends, family, and colleagues of the president. The Mueller investigation has become an all-out assault to find crimes to pin on them, and it won't matter if there are no crimes to be found. This team can make some. This is a former federal prosecutor. Many Americans despise Trump. and anyone associated with him. you're turning our system of justice into a political weapon is a danger we must guard against. Think back to April 1, 1940. In a world awash in turmoil, hate and fear. Revered Attorney General Robert Jackson assembled the United States Attorneys. In remarks enshrined in the hearts of all good prosecutors, he said, quote, The citizen's safety lies in the prosecutor who tempers zeal with human kindness. Who seeks truth and not victims. Who serves the law and not factional purposes, and who approaches his task with humility. Yet Mueller tapped a different sort of prosecutor to lead his investigation, his longtime friend and former counsel, Andrew Weissman. He's not just a tough prosecutor, time after time, courts have reversed Weissman's most touted victories, so un- uh, quote unquote, for his tactics. This is hardly the stuff of a hero in the law. Weissman, as deputy and later director of the Enron Task Force, destroyed the venerable accounting firm of Arthur Anderson and its 85,000 jobs worldwide, only to be reversed several years later by a unanimous Supreme Court. Next, Weissman creatively criminalized a business transaction between Merrill Lynch and Enron. Four Merrill Lynch executives went to prison for as long as a year. Weissman's team made sure they did not even get bail pending their appeals even though the charges Weissman concocted, like those against Anderson, were literally unprecedented. Weissman's prosecution devastated the lives and families of these Merrill executives, causing enormous defense costs, unimaginable stress, and torturous prison time. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals reversed the mass of the case. So Weissman quietly resigned from the Enron task force, just as the judge and the Enron broadband prosecution began excoriating Weissman's team and the press began catching on to Weissman's modus operandi. Mueller knows this history. Is this why he tapped Weissman to target Paul Manafort? As Attorney General Jackson foretold, therein is the most dangerous power of the prosecutor, that he will pick people that he thinks he should get, rather than pick cases that needed to be prosecuted. Manafort, a Trump associate, is simply a small step in Weissman's quest to impuse this presidency or to reverse the results of the 2016 election. Never mind that months of investigation by multiple entities have produced no evidence of collusion. Mueller's rare pre-dawn raid of Manafort's home—a fearsome treat, usually reserved—they should be threat—a fearsome threat usually reserved for mobsters and drug dealers is textbook Weissman terrorism. And of course, the details were leaked. Another illegal tactic. Weissman is intent on indicting Manafort. It won't matter that Manafort knows the Trump campaign did not include with the Russians. Weissman will pressure Manafort to say whatever satisfies Weissman's perspective. Perjury is only that which differs from Weissman's view of the evidence, not the actual truth. We all lose from Weissman's involvement. First, the truth plays no role in his quest. Second, respect for the rule of law, simple decency and following the facts do not appear in Weissman's playbook. Third and most important, all Americans lose whenever our judicial system becomes a weapon to reward political friends and punish foes. It's long past due date for Mueller to clean up his team or Weissman to resign. Yeah, well, that ain't going to happen. Sidney Powell wrote this piece. He was a federal prosecutor in three federal districts under nine United States attorneys from both political parties. And it's a she, by the way. She's the past president of the Bar Association of the Fifth Federal Circuit of the American Academy of Appellate Lawyers, a veteran of 500 federal appeals. Well then, now you know more about Mueller and his right-hand hack, uh, Weissman. And this is something to very, very much fear. But here's the other thing. Who appointed Mueller? The current Deputy Attorney General of the United States, who was U.S. Attorney for Maryland. Who was U.S. Attorney for Maryland. And who has something to answer for himself with respect to this uranium case. I'll be right back. Mud, You have as, uh, they're not special, you have as these independent prosecutors, uh, in this case two men who have no moral standards. Two men are not interested in pursuing justice. You have a Democrat party poised to push for impeachment based on what these men claim. We have a former federal prosecutor, we have a formal uh, or attorney who who is a defense attorney, who Mueller tried to set up. And this is pretty incredible stuff, these tactics. And, you know, as soon as I saw or read what they were doing to manifest, I said, this isn't normal. This is bizarre. This is way over the top. And my buddy Andrew McCarthy, who was an assistant United States attorney and was involved in big cases, many he wrote a similar thing at National Review Online, not that much after. Now, I was never a federal prosecutor, but I was chief of staff to the Attorney General of the United States. I saw a hell of a lot of federal prosecutions. Over 90 United States attorneys uh, reported uh, to the Attorney General. And these kind of tactics uh, would not have been approved, that I'm aware of, by our Department of Justice. And because Mr. Mueller is a uh, independent operator... Uh, Or because, uh, if anyone, he reports to Mr. Rosenstein, he is on no leash whatsoever. No leash whatsoever. His tactics and this guy Weissman are way over the top. It's important that you know about this and you spread the word. We try here to be ahead of the curve, and we're ahead of the curve on this. Trust me. I'll be right back.
2: A champion of freedom.
3: You know, you're one of the greatest champions of freedom in this country, if not in the English
4: speaking world, Mark. Call Mark at 877 381 3811.
1: Look at the disparate treatment when it comes to special prosecutors. Look how they treated Ken Starr, the media, and the Democrats every day trashing him, every day smearing this guy, character assassinating him. It went on and on and on in order to try and influence his investigations of, uh, of Bill Clinton. Then when it comes to Mueller, praise Mueller, praise Mueller, praise Mueller. Look at Comey. Before Trump fired Comey, the left and the media despised Comey. They felt that he cost Hillary Clinton the election, or at least influenced the outcome of the election to some extent. As soon as Trump fired him, Comey's an angel. Comey's reliable. Comey was a great FBI director. And Trump, uh, obviously, was covering up the uh, the ubiquitous collusion with Russia. There's not equal justice. There's not equal justice. And I'm not basing this on race. I'm basing it on politics. On politics. Maybe Republicans should be taking knees. Conservatives should be taking knees. Absolutely appalling. So, uh, Mueller's tactics are really out of control. His tactics with Manafort are out of control. His tactics as the prior lawyer, Silvergate wrote, out of control. And this guy Weissman is number two. Same thing. Sean, San Jose, California, the great KSFO. Go. After. Sean, you're on the air.
2: Oh yes, hello, sir. How are you?
1: I'm okay. okay. Step step up to the plate. Let's go.
5: Yes, I I two questions I uh wanted to kind of talk about about well, one was Robert Mueller and one was another question. But about Rob, you know, he just seems to be such
1: oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. about Rob? Do you know him?
5: <laughs> well, no, sir. Uh, what about Robert?
1: Hold on, hold on, hold on, slow down. You said about Rob, then you laughed, no sir. Do you know Robert Mueller? No, I don't. Then why would you call him Rob?
5: Well, I, I mean, I just call it, you know, most people... Go,
1: like go ahead, buddy, go ahead, ask your question.
5: So, um, he just seems to be such an American kind of guy, and I'm just kind of like... And
1: why is that? Why is he an American kind of guy?
5: Well, because...
1: <clears throat> what do you, What do you know about him? Where did he grow up?
5: Where where did I grow up?
1: No, where did he grow up? What school did he go to?
5: No, 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 no. What what I'm saying, sir, based off of what we see just off of the Live vision, what I'm saying is, is that he just seems to give the persona or the charisma of... Sir, he never
1: speaks. He doesn't give persona or charisma. He walks and he doesn't talk.
5: So, okay. Now
1: get off the phone, you idiot, will ya? This guy was going to defend him. He's a page. He's a liberal Democrat calling the phone, and he sounds like he's drunk, doesn't he? The hell? Waste their time with morons? Call the other shows. They'll spend 20 minutes with you. They find it entertaining. I find it annoying, quite frankly. <laughs> what about Rob? <laughs> the television. I could already tell he was a schmo. Let's step it up a notch or five. Sam, Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, on Sirius Satellite. Go.
2: Hey, Mark. It seems to me that
6: uh, it must be so bad in Washington, D.C., a.k.a. District of Corruption, that if somebody goes, they're all going to go. Because it's so... It's, you know, out here, the perception is it's just a, a swamp of...
1: If somebody goes, they're all going to go? What does that mean?
6: Well, like, you know, if, if I'm going to rat up on you... I'll, I'll you know everybody will rat.
1: Washington's each other. been around a long time and there've been a lot of rats and they're all most of them are still there, so I don't see them all going.
6: Well, they're self-serving to protect themselves, don't they, mark?
1: I know, but there's thousands and thousands of them. you think they're all going to go?
6: No, but I, I, I love your specificity of the uh, under undermining of things that are going on. To me it seems like a bad western where they control. Let me, let
1: me tell you something, Sam, let me give you an example. If Congress were serious about all these uh, <clears throat> all these scandals, I'm quite serious about this, Sam. Here, in part, is what they would do. Let's take this fusion GPS stuff where these people plead the fifth, but even worse, the Federal Bureau of Investigation will not turn over related documents to committees of Congress. Now, Congress is there under Article 1. It's created under Article 1. There is no article for the FBI. The FBI is claiming whatever it's claiming, but it will not give the oversight committees the information it has a right to. So what are the oversight committees doing about it, Sam, other than writing letters to each other and whining about it? Nothing, right?
2: That's absolutely right, Mark. So
1: what do they do? What they have to do is issue subpoenas, right? Correct. Now, who enforces the subpoenas? The Justice Department. Correct. Well, apparently the Justice Department is uh, asleep at the wheel on these these matters, or they're investigating but very quietly. Well, if I were running a committee and you got all these former prosecutors and former defense counsel, all these smart lawyers running these committees, I would issue the subpoenas. If the Justice Department wouldn't enforce them, I would then go into federal court in Washington D.C. seek a uh, um, writ of mandamus. A writ of mandamus—you can Google it—but a writ of mandamus is to force a public official to do their public duty. Uh, that's what I would do. I'd go into federal court to try and enforce these subpoenas against the Justice Department to get these witnesses, excuse me, to get the information from the FBI that I wanted. Now, why aren't they doing that?
2: Mark, you're a great champion of our great Constitution. Keep up the good work, sir.
1: All right, brother. Thank you for your call. I'm serious about it. Why aren't they doing it? Why won't they do something? I mean, they go on cable TV and they uh, they cry a thousand tears and then uh, off they go. Uh, Another one. Steve, Los Angeles, California, Sirius Satellite, go.
6: Mark, uh, I want to say if Hillary Clinton were president right now and won the presidency last year under the same conditions that Trump did with... uh,
1: With the uranium, uranium, uh, with giving 20% of our uranium to the Russians, you mean?
6: No, I'm talking about the fact... You mean
1: uh, serial violations of the Espionage Act?
6: No, I'm talking about... You
1: mean her husband getting half a million dollars from the Russians for phony speeches?
6: About what you're accusing Hillary Clinton of at this moment. I'm talking about... <laughs> oh, okay. If, uh, the amount of evidence of the Russians helping Hillary Clinton were the same as... The well, what's the, let's, let's
1: have one piece of evidence of the Russians helping Donald Trump win the presidency. Mr. Uh, producer... Dust off the 20-second liberal clock if you can find it. Go ahead. Yeah.
6: So, do you ever consider, uh, by the way, you were complaining about Trump with the health care. you'
1: were- Pal, answer the question. What's with you liberals? You all have attention deficit? Answer my question. One piece of evidence. Go.
6: The Fourteen government agencies said that the Russians were colluding. To, uh, were, okay, what word collusion may not be right. The Russians were uh, aiding Trump, whether or not Trump was in. Any- no, they
1: didn't. No, they didn't. Sir, do you have a source for this? With the clock. If
6: all the if the situation will reverse.
1: Sir, sir, sir. One more time. Do you have a source that says 14 federal agencies said that Trump colluded with the Russians Trump to win the election? Trump. Sir, pay attention. This isn't your household where you all talk over each other. You're on the radio. I asked you a question. Where's your evidence? Give us the source that 14 federal agencies concluded that Trump colluded with the Russians.
6: Yeah, no, I didn't say colluded. I didn't put words in my mouth.
1: Well, what's the word?
6: That the Russians interfered with the election. to Well, aid- we
1: know the Russians tried to interfere with the election. I already know that. I've talked about it over and over again. I don't pretend otherwise. That wasn't what you started out with, pal. As you're tap dancing off the stage, you said that they influenced the election to help Trump. And I'm asking you, when, where, how? 22nd clock, go. I want you to tell me one thing. Right, get off the phone you idiot. What's what is it? Idiot day on the Mark Levin show? Is that what it is? What is it? What is it? Seriously, the libs they 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 they're in full moronic mode. But that's okay, we enjoy it actually. Now you regular Americans, you can call in too. 877-381-3811. You irregular Americans, aka leftists, you can call in too. 877 877- We have a special line for you. 877 877- 381-3811. Bob, Houston, Texas, the great KTRH country. Go.
7: Hey, Mark. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, yes, sir. Long-time listener. Thank uh, you. I just,
1: I, Anyone I know, ever I... tell you you sound like Rex Tillerson? <laughs> and by the way, that's not a compliment. I'm just saying you sound like Rex Tillerson.
7: Well, I wish I had his retirement plan. That's for <laughs> sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, okay.
7: Yeah. I just, I, you know, as deep as this thing's going, you know, with the former uh, Secretary of State, I mean, if this is true, the corruption up there in Washington, D.C. has got to be, I mean, it's frustrating to listen to. It gets frustrating for normal people who just get up, go to work every day to listen to this stuff.
1: And the thing is, it wears you down. You get sick of it, and that's what they hope. There's so much of it that citizens will turn away and say, you know what, let's go to the movies. Somebody needs to
7: go to prison, though, Mark. They really do. I agree. I agree. I mean, why can't we lock some of these people up? I mean, I don't get it. Well, because
1: you and I aren't in charge.
7: Yeah, but there's got to be some people that are honest in charge around there.
1: Uh, They they may be honest, but they have to have guts. I just told Congress what they could do. Congress, I don't know if it's ever done it, issue your subpoenas, demand that the Justice Department enforce them. If they won't, go to federal court with your writ of mandamus and get them enforced. And if the federal court says no, then go on appeal. Do what you have to do, but at least fight it.
7: He needs to get a hold
1: of this thing. All right, Bob. God bless us, Mike. I can't even pronounce this. Where are you, Mike? What's your town there?
7: Lagudi, Indiana.
1: Lagudi, Indiana. Where's that? What's that near?
7: It's two hours south of Indianapolis.
1: All right. So you're almost in. Uh, you know, you're almost in Kentucky. Where are you?
7: About an hour and a half north of Kentucky border. Yes.
1: All right. Go right ahead, my friend.
7: I heard your monologue. That was excellent. I was reading that same article as you was reading it at um, the same time, and as I told the call screener, uh, you know, Mueller was never appointed as a special counsel according to what our own government's rules and guidelines are in accordance with how those special counsels are appointed. And like you said, he's been given free reign to go back as far as he's doing. And my concern is is how come there aren't some decent Republicans on Capitol Hill standing up against and speaking out against what Mueller is doing in his team because Mueller's also implicated? Let, in let
1: the- me tell you that there are some, like DeSantis of Florida and others, have, uh, uh, have spoken out quite loudly, have called for special counsels to investigate, among others, Mueller. Uh, others have also called for his resignation. But, you know, you can issue press releases and call for whatever you want. What they need is... Uh, effective action. The most effective action would require McConnell and Ryan as the heads of their party and the the leaders in Congress uh, to defund Mueller's office. But instead you have uh, whack jobs like Lindsey Graham uh, running around uh, going, or as I affectionately call him, not uh, Goober Graham. You have Goober running around there uh, talking about how we should pass a statute to protect Mueller.
7: It's insanity what's going on and if they get Uh, He's going to manufacture something if he's allowed to continue. But real quick, I heard Patrick J. Buchanan being interviewed. All right, thanks
1: for your call. You can cite him somewhere else. I'll be right back. Much
7: Lovin'.
1: So let's talk about education for a minute. Did you know that more than 15 states have begun requiring high school students to pass a basic citizenship test in order to graduate? It's sad that such a test is even necessary. It shows me that to the extent American civics education even exists anymore, something has gone very, very wrong with it. That's why, besides their free online courses and in Primus, Hillsdale College is making an impact in K-12 education. Here's how. Hillsdale helps found and provides ongoing support and guidance to classical K-12 through 12 char- uh, charter uh, schools nationwide. Thousands of elementary and high school students are enrolled already. And Hillsdale does it all without taking a single penny of taxpayer funding or money from the schools themselves. It's called the Barney Charter School Initiative. It's revolutionizing K-12 through 12 education. You can learn more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Watch the brief, powerful video about this exciting work and witness the difference Hillsdale is making on thousands of lives across the country. That's levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Okay, we'll continue this to finish up the hour and then we will move along. Marco. El Paso, Texas, the great KTSM. Go. By the way, I don't hear from Marco anymore. Marco Rubio. Anyway, go ahead, Marco.
6: Okay, I have a question. Yes, and yes. if
2: you could war game this out for me.
6: Yes. What would happen if the president told Rosenstein, take a hike? Told Mueller, take a hike? Told Rosenstein's assistant, take a hike? And told Sessions... Do you want? Hold
1: on, you want him to take, tell Rosenstein twice to take a hike? Why not? Well, I mean, I just want this guy to succeed. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. He does that, and his own party will impeach him. That's how crazy this is.
6: You know what? I, I say he should challenge them and say, you know what? You want to impeach me because these people are corrupt? Go for it. They're cowards. But, but listen
1: to me, Marco. They will. They hate him so. They will use this as an excuse.
2: Let them try. I guarantee
6: you they will fail and we'll finally see the Charlatans that the Republican Party is. I'm a Republican in
2: El Paso, Texas. I've been a Republican. You're the one. I am so irritated. This is ridiculous.
1: Yeah. I'm with you, Marco. All right, buddy. I appreciate your call. Rob, San Francisco, the great KSFO. Go.
8: Yeah, thank you so much. How you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you.
8: I just want to let you know, I'm going crazy in the Bay Area because I'm surrounded by brainwashed liberals.
1: No way. In the Bay Area? When did that happen?
8: Yeah, yeah, but I, I can't move because i got a career here. I can't even give you my real name because I'm afraid of getting fired. And it's absolutely insane because they believe everything that they hear <laughs> on the mass media. And it just, oh, I, it just drives me insane. Kind can't of like you move? College, can't right?
1: you move? Can't you get out of there?
8: You know, there's pros and cons to everything, but uh, Mm -hmm. I do love the weather. I love the ocean.
1: Now, look, here's the problem. The Libs take over all the beautiful areas of the country, don't they?
8: They do. It's absolutely insane, and they want socialism. Yes. Pretty soon, it's going to turn into North Korea or Iran over here.
1: Well, it may actually, California, it may actually turn into New York. You don't know.
8: I just want to say something. You know, all the liberals that are out there listening... You're brainwashed by the mass media. You're on your Facebook. You're on your Snapchat. You don't even realize what these people are doing to your subconscious. And they look at you like ants. Make up your own decisions. Make up your own mind and look at the facts. Don't look at what's on the headlines of CNN and MSNBC and all the other bullshit conglomerates.
1: Uh, Dump, dump. All right, watch your language. Go ahead, Rob.
8: Yeah, no. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's absolutely insane. Don't don't be brainwashed by the left. You got to look at it from your own point of view.
1: I agree with it, but if they're already brainwashed, it's hard to get through to them.
8: That's why we need in 2018, we need to hire people that are for the citizens, by the citizens, not people that are in the pockets.
1: Of we need to get people for the constitution and by the constitution.
8: Absolutely. Thank you
1: so much. All right, my man. Thank you for your call. Be well. Francisco, Virginia Beach, Virginia on the Mark Levin app. How are you, sir?
6: Hey, how you doing, Mark? Uh, first time caller. Uh, Thank you. I got into politics when Trump decided Listen. to run into a, a rough for office. I uh, registered with me and my wife. And I tell you that while listening to you, I appreciate everything you do, uh, all the knowledge that you give me and Rush and everybody else. Uh, when Trump did get in, I was a CNN watcher, and I noticed the bias myself, so I started searching for all the news sources. I hope that with the urine, uh, just on subject, uh, with Rob Mueller, uh, that he, he, uh, steps aside. If everything well, that this guy, this true. guy
1: will never step aside. He's an egomaniac, and he's out of control. Hey, Francisco, don't hang up. I'll give you a channel to watch. It's called CRTV. Don't hang up. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a powerful 2 hours left. I'm going to send you into the weekend like nobody else can, so hang around. I'll be right back.
0: He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
1: Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. It is not unlike. That those that make recorders, etc., know this already. For that they make them in sets, and likewise bell-founders, in fitting the tune of their bells, so that inquiry may save trial. Surely it hath been observed by one of the ancients, that an empty barrel knocked upon with the finger giveth a diopsin to the sound of the like barrel full. But how that should be, I do not well understand for that the knocking of a barrel full or empty don't scare, scarce give any tone. Well, Mark, that's complicated. That's Aristotle. He's saying that if two equal vessels, one is empty, the other half full, the note given by the latter will be an octave above that given by the former. What John Kelly was saying, in essence, in the tradition of Aristotle is, this congresswoman from Miami is a big mouth. She's not a full barrel. She's an empty barrel. But she bellows on, on my interpretation, as if she's a full barrel. She's an empty barrel. No, no, you don't understand. That's racist. Oh, no, no, no. I looked it up. No, it's not racist. It's nothing to do with racism. Nothing whatsoever to do with racism. And trust me when I tell you this congresswoman wouldn't know because she sees racism all over the place. I see it when she looks in the mirror. But in comes Lawrence O'Donnell. Do you remember Lawrence O'Donnell? He's the among the conga line of freaks on MSLSD. And before I get to the late, not-so-great Lawrence uh, O'Donnell on MSLSD yesterday, coming to the defense of the Congresswoman and trashing General Kelly, I want to remind you how Mr. O'Donnell is when the Klig lights are not on when he doesn't think he's being recorded how he treats human beings behind the scenes
4: reminder cut 6 go what's going on why am i losing this why don't i have sound all right it's back someone's pressing buttons and turning my sound off who is who's asking for a labor day rundown in my ear someone in that control room is out of control
2: 20 seconds
4: F- god there's insanity in the control room tonight. You have insanity in my earpiece. Don't don't leave it there. It's not my earpiece. It's somebody talking on our lines. No, no,
1: no, you don't understand. It's not your earpiece because you're insane, you buffoon. Go ahead.
2: Ten seconds.
4: Every time we go to a SOT, there's a woman talking in my ear about something that has nothing to do with what we're doing here. Clear. Stop the hammering. Stop the hammering out there. Who's got a <laughs> hammer? Where is it? I I've got Where's a hammer? hammer. Is it on the uh, Go up on the other floor. Somebody go up there and stop the hammering. Stop the hammering.
1: It's not the hammering. It's the plate in your head, you moron.
4: Go ahead. I'll go down to the g***** go- floor myself and stop it. Keep the go- commercial break going. Ooh, scary. Call f***ing Phil Griffin, I don't care who the f*** you have to call. Stop the hammering. Empty out the goddamn control room and find out where this is going on. What a nice liberal. What
1: a a good liberal. What a gracious, compassionate human being. Go ahead.
4: Or there. Or out there somewhere. The woman talking in my ear was talking about the Labor Day special. By the way, what
1: is the Labor Day special? Is it a pastrami sandwich? I'm just curious. Go
4: ahead. Every time we went to a sot... Yeah, what do you mean in the conversation? Not in the bush sot, no. (laughs) out of control,
5: (laughs) yeah.
4: I don't know why I bother to say how to cut the sots when you don't do it.
1: By the way, the guy who had the guts to put this together and put it out has, of course, been fired. Go ahead.
4: I don't know why I... I just, so now I have to chase those stupid... <laughs> n- entrails that you allowed <laughs> him to stick out there. He, now,
1: now he's attacking a guest. Go ahead.
4: Crazy f***ing sound coming in my ears. F***ing stupid uh, Everybody,
1: A sound in your ear? I told you, it's the metal plate in your head. Go ahead.
4: I told you why I wanted those f***ing words cut... Woo! It just fucking sucks. It fucking sucks to be out Tough here guy. with Tough this guy. out of control. F-t. Any fucking thing can come into Whoa. my ear at any moment. That's what I know.
1: But any- anything can come in his ear at any moment. Go ahead.
4: Can get into my f-ing ear at any time.
1: There you Some go. Some woman
4: talking about what we're doing after the show.
1: What are you doing after the show,
4: clown? Go ahead. These f***ing things. Whoa. There's a reason these words have to be cut precisely. And everyone in the audience who's going to complain about what that guy just said is absolutely right. How do you say this guy's last name? <laughs> f***ing guests' faces coming up in the middle of a f***ing script. How, right.
1: It's a tough life when you're a lib and the world isn't perfect. And so you start trashing everybody around you. When you go on the air, you put a fake smile on your face. You have makeup caked over your face to uh, hide the marks, And a lot of uh, little dabble do you in his hair to keep that straight. And then he comes up, hi, America, how are you? Yeah, Donald Trump sucks. Can you believe what Donald Trump tweets out? And, he, and the mic is off and the camera's
5: off. F this. Somebody's in my ear. Everybody's in my
1: Hey, what's up? Absolute quack. Now, why am I doing this? Because the same quack on MSLSD yesterday suggests that John Kelly is a racist because he's from an Irish Catholic neighborhood in Boston. And I remember the day when there was forced busing in Boston. And there were big fights over this, forced busing. And the Supreme Court actually intervened at one point and, 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 and split the baby, so to speak. It was a forced busing ordered by a federal judge. Now I want to remind you, Boston is the heart of Kennedy land, of John Kerry land. This is where they got their political power from in the first place. And you will not hear John uh, uh, Lawrence O'Donnell make that point. It will come to Ted Kennedy's defense because Ted Kennedy supported the busing. But the fact of the matter is all through that period, the Kennedy clan really had done nothing up to that point. But that's that's not the point. What does John Kelly have to do with this? By the way, John Kelly was born May 11, 1950. May 11, the same, same date as my son. Lawrence O'Donnell was born November 7, 1951. A year and a half apart. Says he's familiar with the neighborhood. Cut five, go.
4: I grew up a few years after John Kelly in an identical neighborhood. Now, you didn't
1: um, grow up a few years after him. Almost immediately after him. You were nearly of the same age. Go ahead.
4: I am out of Boston, and I went to high school in John Kelly's neighborhood. I know the neighborhood John Kelly comes from. I know the culture. It was a neighborhood in which calling someone who looked like right, Frederico- stop.
1: So here we go. Here we go. Everybody in the neighborhood's a racist. John Kelly was born there, hence John Kelly is a racist. A Marine, a retired four star Marine general who saw combat, whose son died in combat. A Marine general who has committed his entire life to defending this country, and this piece of useless bleep on a useless MSNBC which is the favorite network of North Korean generals, whose favorite show is the morning schmo, that putz, and his wife, Mrs. Schmo. This clown dares to impugn the character of Kelly because Kelly dares to stand up to a kook congresswoman who tries to exploit a president's call, President Trump's call to a widow, How sick are the progressives, whether they're in government, out of government, whether they're on TV or on radio?
4: How sick are these people? Go ahead. An empty barrel was the kindest thing that would have been said. empty
1: barrel, you moron, like your empty cranium. So stupid. It, you know, this whole network, it's like, can you believe, can you believe they talk about natural law? <laughs> what, what are they talking about? They know nothing. They know nothing. Left-wing kooks, they know nothing. If you want to talk to them about Marx, they'll know about that. you want to talk to them about socialism, this guy's an admitted socialism, they'll know about that. They don't know history. They don't know language. They don't know anything. Empty barrel... As best as I can tell, doing my research earlier today, was a phrase that was actually used by Aristotle, you idiot.
4: Go ahead. Desegregation came very painfully to the Boston schools long after John Kelly finished high school.
1: So what does that have to do with anything, Schmo? Nothing. Nothing. Somebody's in your ear. Something's in your ear. About Labor Day. The other one, someone else is in your other ear about Thanksgiving. Everybody's in your ear. Look over your shoulder. Hurry up. Somebody's out to get you. MSLSD over there. The favorite channel of the uh, communist genocidal regime in North Korea. Never forget it.
0: Mark Lubin.
1: Virginia, the great WMAL, go.
3: Thank you, sir. Yeah, I wanted to place context. I'm retired Navy myself. This Thank is you. more of a Marine term. The empty barrel, and it's a derogatory term in military parlance. Some folks use it, and it has several connotations. One is, what happens if you speak into an empty barrel? Your voice reverberates. It's an echo chamber. It. Let me, let me just it, stop you. That that
1: was Aristotle's point.
3: Yeah, and what it means... Believe it or not. And and, that doesn't surprise me. I I missed that part of your show when you were saying Mm -hmm. that. But that is exactly what it means. It means a person uh, who likes to hear themselves talk. It also Mm -hmm. has the connotation of a person of little to no substance. And that's how it was meant. There's no racism here. It applies, and it's usually applied... Look, look, look. She's a
1: moron in every color. She's a moron in every religion. She's a moron in every genitalia. Now, does that settle that? She is a colorblind moron. Go ahead.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think General Kelly, I back him completely because that's my impression of her and a disturbingly large number of members of Congress. They are empty barrels. These people couldn't hold a candle to him or other people in the military. They could not pass the clearances, the background checks we've gone through. And it's a real a shame. How many,
1: how many Democrats have you heard criticizing? Uh, this Congresswoman, uh, Frederica Wilson?
3: I haven't heard any.
1: None, none, right? How many Republicans have you heard criticizer? Very few, correct?
3: I haven't heard any so mm-hmm. far.
1: How many hosts on MSLSD or the Constipation News Network?
3: I haven't had a chance to listen to them.
1: Well, because you're a smart guy. See, but uh, very few as far as I know.
3: No, many of them are attacking Kelly. Like mm-hmm.
1: you said, this is... Now, now we have the... Uh, Lawrence O'Donnell and uh, everything's in his ear uh, we have him going on about an Irish Catholic neighborhood in Boston uh, which he says was very racist and uh, since John Kelly and he came out of it he knows what John Kelly meant isn't it funny does he know what he meant that is O'Connell O'Donnell O'Connell
3: and how and somehow I doubt it I if there was any honest journalist they go to the neighborhoods there and really kind of look back and say, is that true? I bet it's not even
1: true. But look, a whole community now is attacked. Uh, this this is the way the left uh, works. And they circle their wagons to defend the most preposterous among the preposterous. The Republicans instead, we get speeches by former presidents and so forth, trashing the current president. Now, these are speeches, of course, they didn't use when they, they should have been trashing the former president. I find the whole thing kind of despicable, don't you? Very. All right, Tom. God bless you, buddy. Let us continue, shall we? Brent, Phoenix, Arizona, Sirius Satellite. Go.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you, Dr. Levin, for giving me the pleasure, and I pray that I can make my point well. I'm a disabled vet, and I believe in loyalty. All the veterans that are out there, we serve because of the fact that we're loyal to our country. We believe in our country, and I believe it was Will Rogers' background, the Hubert Hoover time frame, that stated that why do people go and get elected to go to Washington? Is it through loyalty or is it for the money? And because a lot of them get corrupted, they keep going for the money. And I kind of look at what John McCain and some of the others, even Jeff Flake and some of the ones that are here in Arizona, are they really serving the veterans? Not as well as they could. It seems like some of the things that they're voting for, how the health care and the laundry list is long and, and distinguished, But I believe that there's kind of a collusion within the politicians about the money, and then the media—they want to keep their buddies in the in the um, in the job in the office because of the fact that they're getting a kickback. So it's kind of a.
1: All right. First of all, first of all, I want to thank you for your service. I don't see this kickback stuff. I see this progressivism. I see this as ideological. I see this as these egomaniacs in the Republican side, many of whom are progressives. They want to be. um, patted on the head by the media and so forth. I don't think there's any indication. I mean, John McCain married into enormous wealth. I don't see where he's actually, you know, scheming to make any money on the side and so forth. But, Brent, I want to thank you for your service. Thank you very much. Let us continue, shall we? Ow! Belle Isle, Florida, Sirius Satellite, go.
8: Yes, sir, Mark. Uh, I want to just echo on some comments that you've kind of touched the fringes of. When are people like Mitch McConnell... And that Eddie Munster lookalike, Paul Ryan, going to get behind the president and have his back. Right now, President Trump, and I'm no special pleader for President Trump, but he's fighting a three-front war daily. He's dealing with the Democrats, the mainstream liberal media, and a substantial portion of the Republican Party establishment. Well, there's four. And this out of
1: control special counsel.
8: That, too. Why don't these folks like McConnell and Ryan get behind the president
1: all right let's let's stop. now you know they're not going to do that
8: they're worthless. They need- why
1: don't we get behind whoever is going to run against McConnell in the primary next time Last time when I got behind a man who became the governor eventually, it was a very lonely experience very lonely experience. I helped lead the effort against uh, in favor of a brat uh, outside of Richmond Virginia against Eric Cantor. Sometimes we win them, sometimes we lose them. But the fact of the matter is, you got to get rid of McConnell. And not only that, the guy behind him, it's it, its like zombies. The guy behind him, John uh, Cornyn, he's a disaster. you got to get two, three of them, and then you got to get somebody in, in there who's fairly conservative and who has a concern about the future of the republic. Yep. The
3: long really. line of worthless leaders behind McConnell. It
1: really is. All right, man. I want to thank you for your call, Al. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're only halfway through. I don't know where the time goes. It flies, doesn't it? So I'll see you after the bottom of the hour. We'll be right back.
0: If the world seems so confusing, Mark... We'll be glad to clear that up for you. Call in now at 877-381-3811.
1: You know, here's something I've realized. This is very important. There's a software solution to just about every business need, and you can find yours in one place, Captira.com, C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A, Captira.com. It's just like it sounds. Whether you're a startup looking to keep better track of customers a non-profit hoping to have a record fundraising year, or a business that simply needs better payroll software, or a thousand other things, CapTira's got you covered. CapTira has over 400 categories of business software for you to choose from, anything from email marketing to scheduling to accounting and on and on. CapTira makes it easy to find what you're looking for. Easy. They have thousands of ratings and reviews for actual software users just like you, so you'll know what the best software is. Best of all, using CapTira, it's free. It's absolutely free. Captera connects you with the business software that will help you do what you do better. Businesses, nonprofits, we're talking about like church groups, Girl Scouts, you name it. Here's what I want you to do. Check it out. Visit captera.com slash Levin. That's a mouthful. C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash L-E-V-I-N. And join the millions of people who use captera. That's captera slash Levin. C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A. Captira dot com slash Levin. Captira slash Levin. Check it out. Check it out. if you're a group, an organization, a business, a nonprofit, a church, whatever it is, check it out. you'll see an amazing array of software. This is a free surface. absolutely free. That's captira.com/Levin. Well let's move on. There's more. General Kelly is a racist. According to MSNBC. The North Korea General's favorite channel. There's a great piece at National Review Online. As you can see, I do an enormous amount of research on my own before a show. Looking, 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 looking. But there's a great piece. And this Kyle Smith over at NRO, he's one of the best, really, in my opinion. Trump versus Hitler. Well, he's pointing out that there's this op-ed writer for the New York Slimes. His name is Charles Blow, and he's a radical kook. He's an op-ed columnist. He advances a breathtaking claim that has never, to my knowledge, he's being very sarcastic, appeared in any media outlet before. Trump isn't Hitler, but the lying, that's the headline. Trump isn't Hitler, but the lying of the Charles Blow column. Dot, dot, dot. I'm, no, I'm not the first to say this, but thank you, Charles Blow, and thank you to whatever celestial cobbler made your extraterrestrial boot of truth. Other, humbler writers may offer us, say, a sneaker of accuracy or a moccasin of factualness. Only you could deliver unto us the insight that Trump is the new Hitler with a truth boot so colossal that it can slam down to earth like thunder. He's mocking him and mocking his phrases. He says, I long to know more, but as I don't possess a righteous boot of truth... To pull on over my foot of inquiry, I decided meekly to look up the facts. With the aid of National Review's data lab, I found a trove of statistics about Hitler and Trump. Here's some of them. Hitler murdered 11 million people. According to one analysis, Trump has murdered no one so far. Hitler invaded the sovereign states of Austria, Belgium, Czechoslovakia, Free State of Danzig, Denmark, France, Guernsey, Hungary, Italy, Uh, Jersey, Lithuania, Luxembourg, Monaco, the Netherlands, Norway, Poland, San Marino, the Soviet Union, and Yugoslavia. Trump has invaded no sovereign states. Hitler started a war that killed more than 5 million in his armed forces alone, plus many millions more in other countries. Trump hasn't started any world wars. So at this point in my research, I was dejected. Trump didn't appear much like Hitler at all. But things got better when I spent some time on PolitiFact and Snopes and the site with the Pinocchios and learned that when people like Charles Blow make claims that initially appear unconvincing, it's important to pull back and add more context. Until at worst, people like Blow can be described as half-correct. So let's do that, shall we? Hitler wanted to make Germany great again. Trump wants to make America great again. Hitler wore a funny little mustache. Trump wears a funny little hat. Hitler shunned alcohol. Trump shuns alcohol. Hitler, Time Magazine Man of the Year, 1938. Trump, Time Person of the Year, 2016. Hitler, Fascist. Trump, Republican. Hitler lied about Jews being the source of Germany's misery. Trump lied about ratings for The Apprentice, his electoral college victory being the biggest since Reagan's, and whether anyone else had been on the cover of Times more than he had. Hitler seized control of most media outlets, including newspapers, radio, and and newsreels. Trump sent out many tweets. These parallels are chilling, are they not? Trump is in Hitler, but... Close enough. Congratulations to Charles Blow's mighty boot of truth and the thunderclap it made. Now I call upon the rest of the media to pick up where he began. Who will be the next to expound upon the manifold parallels between Trump and Hitler? Anyone who does so should, of course, credit Charles Blow for so courageously originating the theory. This Charles Blow, this is sick. This is sick. This is really sick. It's like these fools taking a knee on the football field. Do people really understand what the Third Reich is about to be throwing around Hitler's name like this? Do these football player fools really understand what social injustice means in a society, in a culture? Do they really understand it? No, they don't. And they don't much give a damn either. Trump versus Hitler. Charles Blow. Charles Blow should be fired for being a moron, but of course he won't. It's the New York Times line. Oh, well, this is brilliant. Ah, absolutely brilliant. Nobody can write like this. No, this Charles Blow. He's he's like the uh, he's like the the Aristotle of our time. I would say his column was divisive, wouldn't you, ladies and gentlemen? I would say Lawrence O'Donnell is divisive, wouldn't you? I would say Frederica Wilson is divisive, wouldn't you? All these characters in the media, out of the media, in politics, out of politics, very, very divisive, wouldn't you? Well, Barack Obama was campaigning in New Jersey yesterday, and he said it's time to stop the politics of division. The king of the politics of division. Cut seven, go. But
0: what we can't have is the same old politics of division that we have seen so many times before that dates back centuries I, some of some of the politics we see now we we thought we put that to bed
1: no, 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 yeah, I mean, you, you I, didn't you didn't you didn't put it to bed you gave it life you breathed life into it sir go ahead
0: I folks looking. Fifty years back, it's the 21st century, not the 19th century. You have
1: to admit, he's insightful. Moore, now Obama campaigning in Virginia for Ralph Northam. Remember that? The guy who didn't want his lieutenant governor's name on some of the handout literature? Cut eight, go.
0: What he's really trying to deliver is fear. This is Ed
1: Gillespie he's attacking. What he's really trying to deliver is fear. Isn't this like an old Democrat line? So the Republicans are about fear and racism and division? No, we Democrats. We're about happiness, unity, colorblind society. They do what they condemn the Republicans of doing. The Republicans aren't even capable of being what the Democrats say they are. Cut eight, go.
0: What he's really trying to deliver is fear. What he really believes is that if you scare enough voters, you might score just enough votes to win an election. And that and, and that's what makes this country...
1: I don't know about you folks in Virginia, but when I think Ed Gillespie, I think fear. Don't you, Mr. Producer? Oh, he's so scary. He's so scary, this Ed Gillespie. I don't know. He's so divisive, this Ed Gillespie. Say what you will, philosophically, or politically, so the guy is as nice and decent as possible. As you can imagine. Some people want him to get, you know, a stronger voice and so forth and hammer away. He's sort of a, uh, anyway, go ahead, cut it, go.
0: Politics just so damaging and corrosive to our democracy. It's just as cynical as politics gets. It's not going to create jobs. It's not going to educate kids.
1: Oh, here we go, Mr. Obamacare. Here we go, Mr. Never 3% uh, growth in the economy. Here we go, Mr. Open Borders for Illegal Aliens. Worried about jobs and education for American kids. Here we go. You know what? I don't miss him at all. I don't miss any of this. Cut nine, go.
0: Folks don't feel good right now about what they see. They, they, they don't feel as if our public life reflects our best.
1: How can you feel that our public life, meaning the government and these politics, reflect our best when they don't? When this man spent eight years tearing down the country, eviscerating the military, smothering local law enforcement, trashing the Constitution driving our budget through the roof. Oh, you folks don't feel good right now about what you see, do you? No, we don't. Look what you did to our magnificent country. Look how you abused it and attacked it and fundamentally transformed it. No, folks don't feel good about what's been happening in this country. And nobody's making us angry, but you and leftists like you and football players on their knees and left-wing kooks on TV who pretend to be journalists and all the rest. No, folks, don't feel good about what's taking place in the country.
0: Cut ten, go. And, and, and let me just say, say something about history. Oh, Ralph be believes that if we're going to talk about our history, then we should do it in a way that heals. not First in a way of
1: all, nobody knows what the hell Ralph thinks, Ralph Northam and the lieutenant governor of Virginia. It's amazing. I follow this stuff. A year ago, I didn't even know who the hell Ralph Northam was. I thought it was a line of clothing that you can get in Nordstrom. Oh, did you get the Ralph Northam? Yeah, no, 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 that's Ralph Lauren. No, no, Ralph Northam. Nobody makes cotton socks like Ralph Northam. No, he's the lieutenant governor of Virginia. No, no, don't don't mess with me. No, no, he's the lieutenant governor. And here's Obama, comes into Virginia, doesn't know a damn thing about the lieutenant governor of Virginia. Not a damn thing. He wants to talk about our history. Go
0: ahead. Not in a way that divides. We shouldn't use the most painful parts of our history just to score political points. No, of
1: course not. We ought to pull those down. Pull those statues down. Right, Mr. President? shouldn't talk about the most painful parts of our history just to score political points. That's right. Rip the pages out of the books and pull down the statues. I'll be right back. love, Levin. friends, it's hard to believe. 2017, you realize it's almost over. Thanksgiving will be here soon. I love Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. I go to my mother-in-law's house, Sylvia. And everybody's there. And everybody wants to cook, which is really a great thing. I don't know how to cook. I don't want to know how to cook. I cannot stand cooking. I don't even want to help in the kitchen. I don't mind helping cleaning up. So I kind of go off on my own. Maybe I'll watch football or something. And I'm smelling the food. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Three, four different kinds of pie. Two different kinds of turkey. Luckily, that side of the family likes mostly the darker meat. The thigh. I like the white meat. So there we go. There's more for me. And it's just great. And we have a great time. And so the year is almost over. And that's what comes to mind. But something else should come to mind. Time doesn't stand still, so don't waste another minute. Join AMAC now. AMAC is the American Association. It's the Association of Mature American Citizens. It's the leading conservative voice for Americans age 50 and up. I'm a member. And let me tell you something. It is enormously worthwhile to be a member. They are resolved to continue their mission to restore America's moral compass, to make America a better place for our children, and to save America from the left and the likes of the AARP. And as an AMAC member, you'll also gain access to a wide variety of wonderful, exclusive benefits and discounts that will help you save a lot of money. From car insurance, Medicare plans, to discounts on hotels and car rentals, and a lot more. Check them out. America is the organization to join. AMAC, AMAC, a voice for conservatives in Washington, exceptional benefits. What's not to love about AMAC? Join AMAC right now. Go to www.amac.us, www.amac.us, or call them on their toll-free line, 888-262-2006. That's 888-262-2006. It's a terrific organization. Now, if you're a member of the AARP, you are supporting a massive left-wing organization that backs all these Democrat bills. You should leave them and go to AMAC. You'll get wonderful discounts and benefits. Plus, AMAC will represent your values and your belief system. Again, join them. Go to www.amac.us or call them at 888-262-2006. The Association of Mature American Citizens. The benefits are great, but the cause is even greater. Join AMAC today. I have, if you're 50 or older, sitting there waiting for you. If AMAC didn't exist, we'd want to invent it, wouldn't we? Okie dokie. Let's see what we have here. Ooh, Lots and lots of people. Yousef, Yonkers, New York. WABC, our great affiliate. He says, it's Yonkers. I know it's Yonkers. I'm messing around. Go ahead.
6: Mark. you are exactly right, Mark. The leftist media are completely ignorant. You know, I'm from Nigeria. You know, I spoke to you before. I know that phrase, empty barrier, since I was at least 10, 11 years old. It's usually a phrase that is used to describe a a shallow individual. Mm -hmm. And the phrase that uh, General Kelly uses, you know, fits perfectly, like a glove. Mm-hmm. To, to, to that congresswoman, uh, and I'm, another person that we are we are we assign up place to is LeBron James because he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about I two know. weeks ago when he's running his mouth about <laughs> people who voted for Trump, somebody like me.
1: Yep.
6: So empty. Yeah, bar- I mean, empty no- barrel.
1: <coughs> it's it's a it's a big mouth. It's somebody who's empty but is loud. That's what essentially that's what Aristotle means. That's what Kelly means. That's what you mean, and you, and and. Uh, and, and uh, in your culture in Nigeria and so forth, that's what everybody knows it to mean. But, no, it's racist. Why? Because the dummy with a uh, cowboy hat says it's racist, so it's racist. The dummy without a cowboy hat that has everything coming into his ears, uh, he says it's racist. Well, who the hell are they to tell us what's racist?
6: Yeah, they, you know, they, they don't know what they're, talking, what they're talking about. They're ignorant. They're absolutely mm-hmm. ignorant. And we, we assigned that phrase to Carol Mosley, to that congress lady from California, always mm-hmm. running her mouth. That
1: would yeah. be a good example of one, too. Yes. All right, my man. Thank you, Youssef. Good man. Very nice man. All right. I'll tell you what, run out of time. I see he's on there. Let's go to my man, Eddie. You don't have to fill out the comment section. Eddie, go for it, baby. We have a minute or two. Go
2: ahead, Eddie. Oh, is it me? Oh, my God. I, I only
1: have a minute or two. I want to get you in. Go ahead.
2: Okay, but uh, uh Mark, let me tell you t- 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 this. A uh, friend of mine called uh, Leven TV uh, had a little bit of problems. Some customer service by the name of Amy Posenberg came and helped us out. She was so wonderful, polite, and respectful. Yep. And I just said that the greatness of Leven TV even extends down to the customer service. Thank uh, you. Mark, uh, to the right establishment, you know, you, you are. I don't know if they're ignorant, just stupid, or or, or just out of touch. I think the answer is yes, yes, and double yes. As far as George Bush is concerned, it is so obvious that this man, after eight years of silence, now he wants. To speak up, he sounds like an empty barrel, if you, if you must say. Oh, and as far as uh, and as far as uh, uh, President Trump goes, I, I wonder, you know, leaving Ronstein in place and not joining him into the, into the uh, intelligence service, it, it, it's making it hard for him to get his agenda over. But it, I wish he had done something about that. All
1: and, right, Eddie, I apologize, buddy. I gotta go. We'll be right back.
0: the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
1: Hello, everybody. Mark Levin, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Not only did Aristotle, as I continue to plow through it, talk about empty barrels, what I read from you earlier, actually, as I went back, was a phrase, empty barrel, in the context of Francis Bacon. Another great philosopher, I do not necessarily agree with everything he wrote, but Francis Bacon. I mean, the term apparently is fairly ubiquitous among the ancient philosophers and the post-ancient, the immediately post-ancient philosophers. It just shows you how moronic our society has become. Uh, check that. The progressive element of our society has become. Uh, that's racist. Oh, okay, uh, whatever. And I grew up, uh, you know, in Boston, an Irish Catholic neighborhood. Everybody was racist, you know. Uh, there you have the great Larry O'Donnell, the socialist. You can look these things up yourself, too, by the way. Uh, just really. Weird stuff. Now, uh, students at George Washington University in Washington, D.C., Hat Tip Campus Reform, it's a great organization. They were basically asked about this comprehensive tax cut, which is in most parts President Trump's proposal, but they were told it was offered by Bernie Sanders. And when they were told it was offered by Bernie Sanders, they thought it sounded great, but then when they're told it's actually Trump's, they're dumbfounded. I thought this would be fun to play. Cut fourteen. Go.
9: This week, Donald Trump released his new tax plan, which was immediately shot down by his political opponents on the left. But what would those same people think if they were told that that tax plan was actually Bernie Sanders' plan? Today, we're at George Washington University in Washington D.C. to find out. What were your thoughts on Trump's tax plan when you saw it? Um, it's very, it's very, better for the upper class than anyone else. Pretty much a. Uh... Horrible for the middle class, especially the lower class. I mean, not ideal. It's probably not the most efficient nor beneficial to the general populace. Yeah. Pretty negative. <laughs> I feel the same yeah, yeah. So, Bernie Sanders came out with his plan. Some people call it a compassionate alternative. So, we're getting opinions on Bernie's plan. First, one of Bernie Sanders' plans is to enhance the child tax credit, which is tax money given back to families when they have children. What do you think of that? Positive or negative? Positive or right. Same. I was a social worker, so I understand how important tax credits like that are. Parents that go, have children go through a lot, and I think giving back money to them really, in turn, helps the children. I think that's great. I think that's positive, definitely. Okay. Positive. positive. Definitely. Next up, definitely. Uh, eliminating the death tax. So when people die, it's a large tax on their estate that goes to their family. What do you think of that?
5: I think that's definitely something that we should be doing. I do think that's a good idea, because I'm from New Jersey, and we used to have like a really heavy inheritance tax.
9: I'm in favor uh, of that. I would say po- more positive.
5: I think I agree with that.
9: Bernie is planning to lower the small business tax rate to a maximum of 25%. I think that's a positive or negative?
2: Um, I definitely think that's a positive. I feel very positively toward that. My family has a small business, so I would definitely think that's a positive thing.
9: Taxing them less makes more sense. Any way we can help small businesses work and like thrive, it's definitely something that's beneficial for the country. I think that would be great. Overall, main idea of the plan, what do you think? Bernie did a good job, bad job? I think overall, good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, good job. All good right. job, Bernie. I think it's a definitely a good plan, a positive plan that can help everyone. I think it's pretty good. Like, uh, definitely better than whatever Trump is proposing. I would make that leap right there. So. What if I told you this actually is Donald Trump's tax plan, not Bernie's? you got me <laughs> it is it's the Trump plan all of these are actually trump's ideas this is actually trump's plan wow, wow. that's interesting wow i am shocked that i do agree with trump on certain things okay oh interesting, interesting. I'm definitely happily surprised that it's, it like sounds a lot better than I would have expected it to.
2: I would have imagined he would be a little more stupid than
9: that. Okay, so but it's not a stupid plan? No, I don't think so. But I think if you said it was Trump. At least for many people, would be more opposition to it just because it was Trump. It could be a policy of giving me ice cream, but if it's Trump, I'd be like, what's in that ice cream? Um, I definitely think there's an initial bias. I mean, I've done it myself. Like, I'll just hear the word Trump. I'm like, ugh. Um, I definitely think that's something to, like, need to be, like, looked over. People, once they hear Trump or, like, Republican, they become like, oh, they suck no matter what.
5: I think people definitely hear the name and start to think things automatically. And also because a lot of people just go to the same news sources, the same media. It makes it tough to get other points of views.
1: Yeah, yes, yes it does. There you have it. Pretty interesting. And that campus reform group is an excellent group, by the way. I thought that would bring a little levity. Now, uh, or, you know, repulsion, uh, uh, on your part. Uh, but, now something more serious. And many of you may have heard this, but I don't know. I hadn't heard it before. Gold Star Widow, Natasha de Alessar. Alensar. A-L-E-N-C-A-R. She felt compelled to release her conversation she had with President Trump, uh, which she recorded apparently, uh, after her husband was killed in Afghanistan. And it's short, uh, and I want to hat-tip Daily Caller. Cut one, go ahead. I am so sorry to hear about the whole situation, What what a horrible thing,
6: except that he's an unbelievable
3: hero. And you know all of the people that served with him are saying how
5: incredible he was. Yes, sir. And he's
6: just an amazing,
9: an amazing guy. And I
6: know
9: uh, so. he's just a, crazy, he's a
6: great hero. Well, thank you, um, President Trump. Those words are very kind. He was an amazing man, an amazing husband, and an amazing soldier. And uh, I-, I couldn't be more proud of my husband than I am right now.
1: Uh, and I'm sure that's being played all over MSLSD and the constipated news network, CNN, all day long. Now, who do you think's getting more attention, Frederica Wilson, who interjected, interposed herself in a situation where the president of the United States is trying to uh, speak to a widow in uh, in a way that is, you know, compassionate and sympathetic and supportive? Uh, who do you think's uh, getting more attention today on these ne- on these networks, MSLSD and uh, the constipated news network, Frederica Wilson? Or Natasha de Alencar. I guarantee it's Frederica Wilson. There's no question about it. And, uh, I, I just think the left is so destructive. And then they hear Obama running around. He's back, and you're going, geez, weren't we rid of this guy? I mean, good lord. And then we have Hollywood, of course. Uh, they can't control themselves. Tom Hanks. It was only a matter of time. He would open his mouth. What's he have? 17 Oscars? Wow. There's never been a, a greater actor as Tom Hanks. Uh, I don't watch a lot of movies. He's been in some really, really good movies. But why doesn't he shut his pie hole and just do his job? They can't control themselves, which is quite obvious from recent events. So here's Tom Hanks on BBC trashing the president of the United States. And and the left loves to go overseas, or the left loves to talk to the foreign media in order to trash our country and trash the president. Cut 13, go.
4: Just touching
1: on Donald
0: Trump. <laughs> okay. is, he, is, he, is he a character you would like to play? Oh, no, dear Lord, no. We've had fools that have governed us, and we've had brilliant people that are governed us. But sometimes the fool's got more stuff done than the brilliant people. And who's governing you at the moment, fool or brilliant? Oh, well... Uh, Let's not say brilliant. (laughs) It's
1: like a stupid interview. All right, let's give it a shot. Mr. Producer, will you see if you can reach out to his publicist? Maybe he's got a book or something he's hawking, and invite Mr. Hanks on the program. How much you want to bet that'll never happen? He'd rather talk to the BBC. And these, by the way, these slob's uh, who are phony reporters overseas. they throw these guys these kumquats, to hit out of the park, just touching on Donald Trump because see a character you would like to play? Come on, come on, you know what to say. a uh, character you'd like to play? And of course, we've had fools, and we've had brilliant people governing us. I think I read that in a uh, fortune cookie once. We'll be right back. Much love It's Tom Hanks' thing again. And then I want to address it more substantive way. Cut thirteen. Go.
9: Just touching on Donald
1: Trump.
0: <laughs> is, okay. he, is, he, is he a character you would like to play? At- oh no, dear Lord, no, I don't know. We've had fools that have governed us, and we've had brilliant people that are governing us. But sometimes the fools got more stuff done than the brilliant people. And who's governing you at the moment? Fool or brilliant? Oh, well, I let's not say brilliant. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, I listen to this fool, and I sit back, and if you you take away all the static and the personality and all the emotions, and you think about what he's done and what he's trying to do, I mean the president. He's trying to confront the North Koreans because they are threatening this country with nuclear weapons. And none of Tom Hanks' favorite politicians did a damn thing about it. On the contrary, they appeased that regime. Is that funny? The president has taken a harder stand so far against the Palestinian terrorists, against the Hezbollah terrorists, against the Hamas terrorists, well, one and the same, I suppose, with the Palestinians, against the, uh, the Iranian regime. He's confronted the Iranian regime and their sprint towards ICBMs with nuclear warheads that can reach Los Angeles. That would include, by the way, A Thousand Oaks, Beverly Hills, Santa Monica, you know, all the hot spots. And he's trying to address it. I don't think that's particularly funny, Mr. Hanks, or stupid. Do you? President of the United States trying to enforce the rule of law when it comes to immigration. The rule of law. The law as written, as passed, as signed by past administrations. Is that funny? Is that stupid? Is that out of control? The President of the United States is trying to give the American people a tax cut. We are overtaxed. We are overregulated. He wants to create an economy that is vibrant. He wants to unleash the American economy so it creates jobs for people all across the economic spectrum. Is that stupid? Is that funny? The President of the United States is trying to get rid of Obamacare, which is bankrupting Middle-class, quote-unquote, families in this country. People cannot afford their premiums. They cannot afford the deductible. Small businesses can't either. Doctors are overwhelmed. We're going to have a doctor shortage soon. The president's trying to address it. Is that stupid? Is that funny? The, tr- the president has shown support for law enforcement. The prior administration saw crime rates near the end of the administration, particularly murder rates, particularly in the inner cities, particularly among blacks, shoot through the roof. Is that funny? Is that stupid? So, uh, <clears throat> these sanctimonious, low IQ actors and their community, we'll use a Roger Goodell term, like he uses it, like he has Tourette's, and the community of uh, Hollywood... Hollywood, with some exceptions, but as a rule, is a criminal sexual community. It is we who laugh at them while they pretend to laugh at us. They pretend they're smarter than us. They're not. They're not. They're not even close. We're the ones that make them rich if we choose to make them rich. And more and more of you are not going to the movies. More and more of you are disgusted with these people. They mock us and they laugh at us. They look down on us. When in fact, they're the dumbest among us. Now, I don't know what this BBC fool asked Hanks, but did he ask Hanks about the scandal in Hollywood? Did he hear about what's known as a uh, open secret? Whatever the hell that means. Hanks is one of the uh, the premier actors, if you will, in Hollywood. Did he hear nothing? Nothing at all? Not a word? How about Mrs. Hanks? Did she hear anything? Not a word? Nothing? Nothing from their large cabal of left-wing kook Democrats supporting friends? How about his buddy uh, George Clooney? Now, we know Clooney had to hear about a lot of this stuff. We know he did. They're all hiding under tables now. So he talks to the BBC. The BBC. They may not like the way Trump talks. They may not like the way he tweets. There's a lot of people who don't like it. There's a lot of people who do. That said, what does that have to do with anything? Barack Obama spoke beautifully. He'd speak one way to one community, one way to another community. It's the weirdest thing, but he did. And he did it beautifully. In both tongues. But he was a disaster with his fundamental transformation. He hated capitalism. He hated the Constitution. He hated the limits placed on him. He wanted to make big changes, whether whether Congress liked it or not, whether the courts liked it or not. And where were all the speeches from the former Republican presidents? I didn't hear any. Where was John McCain telling us not to be too tough on Barack Obama? Nowhere. They're all AWOL. When it comes to Trump, anything goes. you got a guy who writes him and compares him to Hitler. Hitler? Does the fool even know what Hitler did? Of course not. You have this fool congresswoman making an ass out of herself, which means, of course, MSLSD and the uh, constipated news network have to defend her. And it goes on and on and on. Tell me, ladies and gentlemen, I know Tom Hanks shows up in these World War II documentaries and so forth and so on. How come he doesn't come to General Kelly's defense? Did he? I haven't heard about it. Have you? Talk is cheap. Even donations are cheap. It's action that matters. And you shouldn't keep a mental record of these actors and actresses who are saying what they're saying, who've done what they've done, my humble opinion. And you shouldn't support them. I'm not going to support them. Tom Hanks, BBC. Oh, you know, Obama, absolutely brilliant. Guy would never release his grades, never release his transcripts. Never. No, no, but he's brilliant. If you're brilliant, go ahead, release your transcripts. I wouldn't have a problem. Donald Trump went to the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. I don't know where Tom Hanks went. I don't know. But it's not just Trump. We have really, really smart people who are conservatives. Some of them are actually Republicans. They don't get the respect they deserve for their intelligence. They don't get the respect they deserve for their scholarship. They're laughed at, too. They're mocked, too. For some reason, these Hollywood former drama students... Think they're smarter than you and me. They get uh, when they speak about us, they get this affectation in their voice and their speaking style. They laugh. They think they're funny. They're not. They're putzes. I know Tom Hanks comes comes across as this likable guy. He's a left wing kook. He's a putz. Just the way it is. Obama, great, you know. Bush stupid, Trump stupid, Reagan stupid. There's a guy right out of their own community, Ronald Reagan. One of the greatest presidents in American history. They still can't stand the guy. They can't stand his legacy. I'll be right back.
2: An unapologetic patriot and unapologetic constitutionalist. You can reach him
3: at 877-381-3811.
1: There's a question going around, apparently. Why would a judge order this Mandalay Hotel to secure the evidence from the mass murder? Well, a judge doesn't just order a hotel to do that. It's called a protective order to protect the evidence and so forth, and... Uh, that's usually the result of somebody making a filing, uh, either on the criminal or civil side, uh, asking the court to protect the information. So this suggests to me that there are lawyers already involved in this case, this matter, this event, uh, because a judge on his own wouldn't do that. But it's actually very, very routine, as a matter of fact, just pointing that out as a footnote. Uh, I want to tell you about Blindster.com. Matter of fact, in our household, we're about to make a big order at Blindster.com on plantation shutters. And you've heard me talk about Kyle Cox, the owner of Blindster.com. Kyle is an American success story. He came up with the idea of selling online, high quality, do-it-yourself window treatment several years ago. And now the big corporations are trying to copy him. But don't be fooled by those corporations. Blindster.com, that's blinds Blindster.com is the only company I endorse for custom blind shades and shutters. Why? Well, it's a mom-and-pop type business, the kind that makes America the greatest nation in the world. And because Kyle showed me that I could measure for and install custom-made blinds myself. If I can do it, you can do it. And because you'll always get Kyle's personal fit or free guarantee, if that is for any reason your blinds don't fit, even if it's your mistake, Blindster will make the new sizes needed for free, and you only pay for shipping. And to top it off, my buddy Kyle gives you, my listeners, 40% off. 40% off already excellent prices. Just enter promo code MARK. That's the key. Enter promo code MARK at checkout. Get the 40% off your entire order. So that's blindster.com, blindster.com, promo code MARK. I really encourage you to check it out if you're about to do something with your window covers you want something to cover your windows, beautiful, extremely well-priced, outstanding service. It's just terrific. Well, what does all this mean, ladies and gentlemen? From the Daily Telegraph, London now more dangerous than New York, city crime statistics suggest. I wonder why that is. I mean, I can remember a day. Oh, what was it? I guess it's about 15, 20 years ago. We would go to, uh, I think we went to England four, five, six times. Loved it. Stayed in London. We never had to worry about crime. Ever. Ever. Well, now you do. Now, I wonder why that is. Anyone have an idea? London is now more crime-ridden and dangerous than New York City, with rape, robbery, and violent offenses far higher on this side of the Atlantic, writes the uh, the Telegraph. The latest statistics published earlier this week revealed that crime across the U.K. was up by 13%, with a surge in violence in the Capitol blamed for much of the increase. Seizing on the figures, President Trump claimed the rise could be linked to the spread of radical Islam, adding that it demonstrated the need to keep America safe. Of course, he must be nuts. He must be Hitler. He must be stupid. But critics dismissed his comments as ignorant and divisive with former labor leader Ed Miliband and, of course, labor in many respects, but the Tories too. Both parties, actually the Liberals too. All three of the major parties are responsible for what they've done to London and what they've done to England. But Miliband called Trump, of course, a moron. Criminal justice experts insisted rising crime in Britain, and particularly London, was more to do with the way the city was policed. Oh, sure it was. And blamed the reduction in neighborhood patrols across the capital. That explains everything. While both London and New York have a population of around 8 million, figures suggest you are almost six times more likely to be burgled in the British capital than in the U.S. city, and one and a half times more likely to fall victim to robbery. London has almost three times the number of reported rapes, and while the murder rate in New York remains higher, the gap is narrowing dramatically. Let me suggest, ladies and gentlemen, that the president is far closer to the mark than the phony labor liberal frauds who are suggesting otherwise. What's changed in England, and particularly what's changed in London? Massive, massive immigration. Massive refugees from the Middle East. Now, the left, of course, they're immigration deniers. Oh, yes, yes, yes. you got to use their words against them. They are immigration deniers. That is, they will deny the facts, the statistics... And they will pretend that it's something well, you know, we here to have community plan. We don't have this kind of policing anymore, you know, the Bobbies are here. BS. BS. They have fundamentally transformed. They have fundamentally transformed, and it's gonna get worse before it gets better. And in my view, what the president is trying to do in part is to prevent this nation being from being fundamentally transformed. You don't have assimilation, you don't have a nation. You don't have assimilation, you don't have a nation. It's that simple. Because what, after all, is assimilation? You teach people to love the country, to embrace the country's culture, to participate in it. Let's go to Andy, Rockville, Maryland, the great WMAL. Yes, Andy, how may I help you?
5: Yes, Mr. Ben, I just want to tell you, I think you're a magnificent human being. And in many years when you you. pass, the Lord's good... give you special attention. You're one of the few people who is trying to say this republic, and I just want you to know that.
1: Well, that is awfully, awfully kind of you. I don't know about that, but thank you.
5: (laughs) Well, I have actually two things I want to discuss. One is, I listened to uh, General Kelly's uh, speech, and it was intelligent, it was heartfelt, it was eloquent, and instead of them discussing the speech like Lawrence O'Donnell, they can't counter act and so they use their old play of racism he could have called that woman a full barrel a square jar whatever it was they were still going to find something to call him a racist about Mm -hmm. and it's about time where are all the republicans uh, sticking up for this man he's a gold star father remember Mm -hmm. mr khan that family when trump allegedly said something bad about him he mm-hmm. was on every TV every day. Politicians were asked by the media, what do you think of Trump saying this?
6: Great this point. man
5: went on TV, this Lawrence O'Donnell went on TV and called this man, this Gold Star father, a general, four star general, a racist. Mm-hmm. And what are the repercussions of that? Nothing. It never Oh no no, I mean, no,
1: no, that's that. not true. He'll get a salary increase over there at MSLSD.
5: Yeah, isn't that something? Mm-hmm. And then another point I want to make about George W. Bush. I was so disappointed in that man. I defended that man to the very end. They were doing the same thing. It's worse, but the same thing. George Bush went through the same thing, being called Hitler, being called a Nazi. After Katrina, he was called a racist. Everything else. You know, he should know what it feels like to be uh, assaulted like that by the media.
1: You know, my my buddy Ben Shapiro, he makes the point that a lot of Bush's speech was actually quite good. And I agree with that. The problem is when you stick these little zingers in here, and in some ways they don't even make sense, but when you stick them in there, that is that is going to draw the attention, and it's predictable that it's going to draw the attention. That's exactly what it did. If he had given a, a flat-out speech about the American founding and natural law and all these other things, uh, then, of course, uh, um, there wouldn't be anything to seize. But he threw some of the red meat out there for the left. He threw some of the John McCain red meat out there, and people grabbed it.
5: And I would specifically speak to the part when he was talking about bigotry on the rise and all, all this. I've never heard Mr. Trump, President Trump, ever say anything negative about black people, about gays, about any of these people he supposedly is uh, against. I never heard the man say anything bad about them. He's not a racist. But they take his word. By
1: the way, have you ever heard Al Sharpton say bad things about Jews?
5: Oh my God, sir.
1: You ever hear, uh, Jesse Jackson say bad things about Jews?
5: Jews, white people, yes.
1: How about, how about the deputy chairman of the, uh, of the DNC and the, and his affiliation with Farrakhan and his comments? Has anybody ever criticized um, him?
3: Nope.
1: It goes on and on on the left, on and on on the left. All right, my friend, excellent call. I'm sorry you're in Rockville, but, you know, we all have to be somewhere. Uh, Rockville, for the rest of the country, has gone absolutely nuts, nuts with leftists. Montgomery County, Maryland, uh, well, it's gone down the tubes. No offense. No offense. And then uh, everybody there moves to Virginia and then screws us. Screws us. We're going to vote for this guy, Northam or Norton, whatever the hell. isn't. Uh, what does he stand for? I don't care. I don't care. He's a Democrat. doesn't matter to me. I'll vote for you know, Goo Gaga. Let us go to Bill St. Clair, Michigan, Sirius Satellite. Go.
5: Hey, thank you, sir, for taking my call. Uh, yes, sir. It's Just a pleasure to listen to you all the time. Thank I, you. I want to call about uh, what they're saying about this General Kelly is yeah. a shame. And... Uh, this cowboy or cowgirl from Florida, she's the racist. But of course, you can't be a black and be a racist. But that's the liberal agenda, you know what I'm saying?
1: No, no, but but it's, not, it's not a black thing. It's not a white thing. It really isn't. And I'm tired of the Democrat Party dragging us into this. So we have to resist this. You know, they say the resistance, they're not the resistance, they are the system. They pretend to fight against the system that they created. But honestly, it's not a black thing, it's not a white thing. And I've said this over and over again. It is a progressive thing versus the rest of us. That's what it is.
5: And Obama set the race, uh, thing back 50 years. MLK's probably rolling his grave right now.
1: Alright sir, I gotta do this, I apologize. Uh, it's called a commercial, I almost missed. Well, folks, in light of current events, the need to protect yourself and your family legally and responsibly is more important than ever before. Now, this is why the USCCA wants to be your guide on a simple and rewarding journey to complete concealed carry and home defense confidence. You're not alone. They want to give you a 100% free copy of the Complete Concealed Carry and Family Defense Guide. Honestly, it's more of a book because it brings you 164 pages of everything you need to know about protecting yourself and your family in an ever-changing and very dangerous world. You'll quickly discover how to detect attackers before they see you, the safest and most dangerous places to sit in a restaurant, how to responsibly own and store a gun even if you have kids, what to do and how to do it to survive a mass shooting and a whole lot more. It even comes with a bonus audio version for your car, now, this life-changing guide is 100% free, but only for a limited time. Here's what you do, and you should do it right now. Visit DefendThem.com right now for your free copy. Again, that's DefendThem.com. Couldn't be simpler. DefendThem.com.
0: love in.
1: I believe it's friday why does it feel like thursday and why does thursday feel like friday what's going on here brian stewartsville new jersey the great wabc go
7: hey mr levin it's a absolute honor to pleasure and pleasure to talk to you first time caller uh, i'm a 20-year uh, veteran in the military as and my wife is also a veteran uh wow. I was thank to you talk guys to you. oh uh, it's our honor and pleasure to serve uh I just wanted to say I'm, I'm truly appalled by congressman down in Florida. Not only you know did she politicize this whole fact, but now she's stomping on their graves by saying that she's a rock star. She's definitely mm-hmm. put the word rock into what she is. I don't know about the yes. star piece, All right. but uh, it, it's just appalling. But I did have another question for you, Mr. Glenn. I, I'm just curious why some of our conservative leaders aren't calling for a special counsel into this whole uranium deal, especially with, you know, uh, the fact that Mr. Mueller could be possibly in there, and so could be Mr. Ros- Mr.
1: Rock, uh excuse me, um, uh, uh, it, Rosenstein.
7: Ro- yeah, R- Rosenstein. Well, you make
1: an excellent point. I mean, the the basis for a special counsel to investigate Trump was non-existent. There was no law that they could even point to. Uh, here, of course, there is, and the fact of the matter is, it involves something like uranium. I can't even think of a more serious subject. And the difference is this, sir. The Democrats are, in many ways, uh, fanatical. They're zealots, and they, they line up one behind the other, and they know how to get things done. The Republicans, on the other hand, are the opposite. They're milk toast. They're, they're mush. They're mashed potatoes. And, uh, they don't even know how to line up one behind the other. And certainly when it comes to doing something like this. Mr. Uh, Rosenstein, um he was pressured by the Democrats to, uh, to appoint a special counsel, and by his buddy, and we now know it's his buddy, Comey. Uh, but of course, when it comes to the Clintons and Comey and Mueller and the whole, and, and Bill and all the rest of it, um, deafening silence. Thank you for your service, you and your wife, sir. I appreciate it. is officially over. The weekend begins right now. By the way, the government shut down. Isn't that a lovely thing? We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffy. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. And good night our precious Zelda too. Get Al Qaeda. Get the Taliban. Get ISIS. Get Hezbollah. Get that. get get all those bastards. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I'll see you on Monday. Have a great week.